Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw coming to you from a closet in the United States of America. It's 2020. There's a COVID-19 pandemic that's infected millions and killed hundreds of thousands. Health inequalities and police brutality are a constant reminder of how ingrained racism is in this country. And just over the horizon is a freaking presidential election. What? Okay, so today we're going to talk politics with Tracy L. Ross. Hello. I figured she'd be a great person to give us a lay of the land so that we could further understand what's at stake this year and for years to come. She works at the national research and advocacy nonprofit Policy Link, where her title is Director of Federal Policy and Narrative Change. It might sound like my job is really boring, but I actually love it because I'm, I'm in conversation. I'm constantly learning and I'm thinking about how to translate everything I'm absorbing into a wider audience and to my colleagues. And how can we advance the work going on in the field and uplift the grassroots leaders who are doing the hard work? In layman's terms, Tracy is a policy advocate. She's the bridge between researchers and elected officials. And it's her job to ensure that that connection is functioning. We talk politics and more in a few. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. 
Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. What do you do at your job? For the organization, I kind of lead and coordinate our federal efforts. Um, and the narrative change part of that work is helping to advance messages and communication to enable the kinds of policy changes we want. Gotcha. Do you have any examples of what that looks like? So right now I'm helping out with a big housing narrative change project that we have. We want to be able to advance housing policies that are pushing us towards seeing housing as a human right. So making sure that people aren't being priced out of their neighborhoods, that people have just cause for their evictions. So in order for us to be able to have these more progressive and wide-sweeping policies, we need to get the idea that housing is a human right to catch on and that housing isn't just this commodity or something as a wealth-building opportunity. But my work is focused on federal leaders, what's happening in Congress and what's happening with the administration and hopefully, uh, you know, a different administration. You can hear it in your tone that you're passionate about the work that you do. <laughs> no, really, really, you can. Um, and I mean, and you look at your resume, you see that you've been involved in certain facets of politics throughout your career and also your education background, Princeton, Cal. And I'm just wondering, like, where were the seeds planted? Where did you get politicized? You know, being from Oakland, being raised in Oakland, I think is critical to my story. You know, both of my parents are born and raised here. There's a Facebook group called Oakland History. And every yeah, once in a while, yeah, photos are posted from various things. And recently, somebody posted a photo of some people. It was in the late 1950s or early 1960s, I'd have to go back, of people protesting in housing projects. And in that photo was my father. And he had told me about participating in this protest. I think he was about maybe 15 years old. It was his first protest. They were going to be making some changes to the projects where he lived, and the tenants were against it, and they were organized. And I love this photo so much because I'm like, oh my God, now I can see the moment that I became politicized because it was the moment my father became politicized. My mother, she volunteered on Shirley Chisholm's uh, presidential campaign, and she was suspended from college for going to an Angela Davis rally. So these are the people I come from. So even though, you know, my father was a grocery clerk, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, they were politically active. And I think that the issue areas I began to focus on, once I got older and realized, you know, my dad, if he had been raised in a different neighborhood, his opportunities would have been greater. And that where you live, like your zip code determines your life outcomes. And that's when I started focusing on urban policy. So yeah, back to that uh, big election thing that's coming up in November, right? What's the plan? Oh, Lord. So we say this every year that it's, you know, it's the most important election of our lifetimes. But I think this more than ever, this really is. But many of us are thinking through already, you know, from 2022, and working our way backwards. So I've participated in scenario planning exercises with other leaders thinking about, well, what's gonna happen at the 2022 midterm elections? And what does success look like if Biden is president? And what does success look like if Trump is president? And working our way backwards and thinking about how COVID may still be impacting our lives, thinking about movements and how they ebb and flow and what do movement leaders need? I'm thinking about what we need to do to tee us up and get us prepared for the long fight. So November is a fight, 
and there's just this long fight ahead to be able to reverse policies that are currently negatively impacting people, um, get prepared to tee up bigger, more wide-sweeping legislative packages. So it, it feels like I'm living in two years at once. I'm thinking about 2020 and 2022 simultaneously, but Laura, we need to we need some changes in November. Understood. Just totally skip in 2021. Like, <laughs> I, know. <past> that. <laughs> I know. I know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking, having been in you know quarantine, and I'm just like, let's fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, a question I've been asked a couple of times, or conversations that I've fallen into, like, does it make a difference who gets elected this coming November? Absolutely, a hundred percent. I appreciate why people might not be enthusiastic about their choices, and that 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 happens every year. For me, it's always a strategic choice. I'm not voting for a candidate who is a reflection of like my soul. I'm voting for the candidate that in my strategy and my advocacy is the one that I would prefer to push. And the reason why it really matters we're six months into a pandemic. I'm, I'm skipping over the past few years of harmful policies, but we're six months into a global pandemic and the current president is just now saying, you know, maybe you should wear a, a face mask. You know, there, he's uh, asleep at the helm and it's incredibly dangerous. Elections matter because the kinds of people that would be filled in the administration would believe in science, would be able to call out the kinds of racism and sexism and blatant things that have been upheld for the, the past few years. And so, you know, Biden's not a perfect candidate by any means, but he's the candidate I want to push. Um, so it absolutely matters. The common term is, you know, lesser of two evils, but not necessarily the person you want to is your soulmate or you said you're your soul reflected in. Yeah, yeah. That's why I know sometimes people be like, you know, this candidate doesn't inspire me. I don't look to politicians to be inspired. I'm inspired by movement leaders. And if the policies that they're seeking have a better chance of being realized under one administration versus another, that's reason enough for me to lean towards one side. So with this basis and now the work that you're doing, do you ever see yourself running for office? No, not at all. <laughs> so I did work in the Senate for a couple of years and I really enjoyed my experience. I learned so much, but I realized I did not feel like it was the place where I could make change, where, you know, my disposition, what fires me up, like I think is being on the outside and is being able to just be really blunt. Like my disposition would be to work on the outside. I don't see it for me Maybe I curse too much. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> I, but I just feel like, I mean, luckily we're seeing different models of this kind of fearless leadership, right? Like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the other members of the squad, I, I feel like they are painting a pathway where people can be these fearless, fearless politicians. So I get approached, I have been approached before, and people are like, yeah, you should run for office or something like that. And I'm like, man, don't wish that evil on me, man. Like, I don't, I don't want that. But right. really to be on the outside, to have some say in the game, but also to still be yourself is like the path that I've seen. And at the same time, I hear what you're saying, where there are people in positions of power now who are humans. Like, I can recognize myself with some elected officials. So hopefully that tide continues to, to move forward. I think in this moment, Everything that's happening is requiring us to think bigger. And I'm hopeful that the 
election is going to be kind of a mandate on that, that people are saying we're ready to go bigger, we're ready to change our country in fundamental ways. Even if, the, again, the candidates aren't people's top choices, we're at a time where the public is getting so fired up and sophisticated and imaginative about what our country can be that I'm hopeful for what the people can do with this election. Thank you to Tracy for joining us today. You can find out more about her work by following her on Twitter at Tracy L. Ross. All one word, Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, L. Ross. Thank you to the production team behind this podcast. That's Ashley Ann Krigbaum, Asala Sanipur, Jessica Platchik, and Rob Spaeth. Our engagement team is Lena Blanco, Sarah Pineda, Vita Kong, and Kiana Mogadam. And the higher-ups at KQED, Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. While I have your ear, I'd love for you all to go to kqed.org slash right nowish and nominate a guest for our show. There's a form on the website. You can't miss it. Love to hear from you. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Right Nowish is published by KQED. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.